Welcome to Games on Earth, episode 94 for Thursday, September 7th, 2017. 17th? Uh, I'm your host, Derek Thompson. With me as always, we've got Bradley Bichino. Always here, baby! And Chris Conlon. Yo, yo, ma! Yo, yo, ma! Uh, Done is the, the, the age of Ian, long since passed. May he rest in peace. Um, pieces. Got two, may he rest in pieces. That duel got out of control. There were strict rules that just nobody f- fucking cared about. It was all blood and tears and death by the end. I'm sorry. You really didn't have to stab him that many times, though. Like, after he he was like, I, I yield, I yield, and you just kept going, and you'd slice into... I mean, you were in the ring, so it wasn't a big deal. Like, what happens in the ring stays in the ring. Um, but... Like you're not you're not gonna go to jail or anything, but you really didn't have to kill him like that. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, I see. I was I, I was wrong. Simply put, okay. m- mistakes happen. I mean, Pobody's perfect. Yeah, that's true. Whew. Well, uh, you've both been away for some time now. Um, lots changed around here. Uh, the format's completely different. Uh, now we're. Uh, <laughs> A talk show about uh, about sitcoms. So, uh, you guys oh. excited for uh, you guys excited for Young Sheldon? I love Two and a Half Men. Uh, yeah, but let's let's kind of focus on what's important here. Uh, young yeah, Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. So, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. It took it took maybe a couple dozen views of the um, the trailer for me to really understand, like what the what the producers are trying to portray with the yeah. young boy. Yeah, it's a story that needs to be told. Um, yeah. I thought the young boy Sheldon at first, it was like all about Sheldon, but really it's more about family. What drove him to be the way he is. It's about yeah. family. It's like an origin story for a superhero, yeah. Sheldon. Yeah. I think it has a lot of promise. Yeah. I can't wait for the premiere, which is coming up. Um, we're gonna Not have a, a viewing. Away. I'm gonna have a viewing party uh, at Chris's house. Oh my god, this is real! Yeah, I'm totally ready. <laughs> oh my god, this is real! <laughs> I know. Okay, so I found this out today as well. Um, I don't know what happened, but I landed on a, no, a young Sheldon somewhere on the internet, and uh, I am kind of incredulous. I think is the right word. Because I don't know how else to describe the feelings I have of how weird that is that they're doing an origin story of a character from the Big Bang Theory. Uh, all of our we're, we're nerdy guys, so obviously it's our favorite show. Yeah, obviously um, it's so accurate to how I live life as a nerd. It really speaks <laughs> to me. Yeah, you nerve herder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Zinga. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's a good one. I'm wearing I'm wearing my Bazinga uh, pajamas right now. Actually, <laughs> I actually guys. was in the middle of a a binge of oh some oh, big yeah. bang. Which season? Which season? Which season? Uh, I was jumping around because, like, you know how if you watch uh, season four, five, six, and then mm-hmm. uh, season two, yep. three, that's um, the correct and then watch one. Order. Yep. Uh, it's supposed to like show um 
exactly how Sheldon's murder, um, like, is, <laughs> sorry, was, uh, I should have said that's at the top of the show. We will be spoiling the oh, Big Bang. I'm theory. sorry, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I just assume you know, amongst other bangers we're, here, yeah, we all had we're all nerdy you know, guys. Like, yeah, we all love we're, Big Bang. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, I'm in the middle of you know the classic, um, watch. Yeah, the, the, the recommended binge. watch watching order um, yeah, before Sheldon's binge. brutally murdered um, in uh, season seven. The, the the second episode of season seven, brutally murdered. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a really strange turn that show took, but we all love it, so uh, we're all Big Bang fans. Anyway, you guys been playing any video games lately? I know we used to be a podcast about video games. Uh, things have kind of changed, but uh, for old times' sake, let's talk about video games. Sure. Uh, Brad, what about what? What have you been playing? Well, it's been about a month. It feels like since I've been on. Yes, about yeah. Um, one of the last games I was talking about was Elder Scrolls Legends, and the first season of competitive play that I got into, I feel like I did pretty well. I got rank six. I didn't hit that rank five milestone, but what rank um, do you start at? Twelve. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what percentile that puts me in, but uh, I feel like I did okay. I'm still building up my uh, collection, but it is a fun game. I'm still playing it. I played it today. But um, I would yeah, say I saw you the playing it just a little bit ago. Most major game mm. change that I've mm. had lately was uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was like two weekends ago. We were hanging out on a Friday night trying to play civilization six and my game kept crashing and yeah you play started playing for honor and i was like i was just like right. I, cause I was like i was like fuck this and i threw my computer against the wall and uh and i was like I was, dude it was running fine on your computer you just why'd you break it and i was if like anything i should insurance break scheme and then i i just started playing for honor uh, and i was a little restless a little impulsive i went out and on a quest at 11:50 p.m. at night to find a PlayStation VR headset, <laughs> and you sat there on my, the phone for like 20 minutes yeah, calling to different my, stores. Yeah, I I was actually able to find one that late at night. I picked it up, we unboxed <laughs> it, and holy cow! Unboxing video has not been the same since. Oh yeah, we have an unboxing video on YouTube. <laughs> Our first and only unboxing video. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't you unbox a Nintendo Switch at your work or something? Oh, fuck. Our second unboxing video. Chris, you, good job. I Thank missed you. you. you, you <laughs> good keep job. Me, keep me on my toes here. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I swear there was one thing. It's funny. Both, of, both videos are kind of just mocking the idea of uh, unboxing uh-huh. um, the whole time. So, whatever. Um, it, it's, it's con- content, content, you know, hey, um, so we unboxed it, Brad, uh, you, you, you slipped it on and you've been in VR ever since it seems. Uh, it, yeah. Honestly, like other than Elder Scrolls Legends, all I've played are VR games and it is so much fun. I really hope this sticks around. I feel like it's just about to pick up, um, as far as <laughs> on November goes. 11th, I think is the day. Huh? November, yeah, November 11th, 11th, I think, 11th, is the day yeah, that VR picks up. Yeah, that's a big up. day for me. <laughs> I know a lot of people have their uh, opinions after playing the demo of Skyrim VR, and I respect that. 
I'm excited for it, nevertheless. Um, it's basically... It's a completely different game in the sense that it controls in a completely new way that you never have done it before. And so you, like, teleport around, right? Yeah. The current build is only teleporting. They said they're going to add DualShock 4 support later, and I hope what they mean by later is for the full release um, and that they just didn't have that ready for the demo because I think... They probably didn't want that anyways, because playing DualShock with a DualShock 4 controller in VR causes a lot of unsettling motion sickness. <laughs> like I imagine if I was playing Skyrim in VR and I could like movement was based on teleportation, basically, I would definitely just play a mage character um, yeah. or a magic user and be like, well, that's I mean, I'm more immersed now or because stealth. not only you am i a cool wizard to like shadow step behind things <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god i um, didn't know that it was teleport it was teleportation i just assumed that it would start out as like by default as the dual shock 4 thing um i think it's just that makes people feel ill sometimes cuz you can like turn and move the way that your body is not moving if you want to get motion sick um, i'll let you come over and play the tomb raider vr um, <laughs> uh-huh. mansion with the dual shot controller because that will make you fucking sick because when you're moving what you're seeing is fluid movement and it your brain is tricked into thinking that you're moving while your body is not so you just get nauseous like i've, it's a, I've heard uh that you can actually you can get used to it um, yeah, you can kind of build probably. up a, a tolerance to that like weirdness and movement um, by doing it a lot. And uh, I was watching some streamers, and uh, well, I was watching Giant Bomb, and they were playing through uh, what was that game that recently came out, Space Game, um, where you're on a planet, and it comes with a gun. It's like two hundred dollars. Farpoint. Farpoint. They were playing Farpoint, and uh, he was saying how uh, he got used. It took him a while, but he got used to the analog movement after uh, some time of feeling kind of not great. You just kind of got to push through that, and then you kind of that's encouraging. Acclimate, yeah. But I mean, that's a wall for people. Yeah. Anyway, um, you played actual games. Uh, describe. I, I think there's one I want to talk about with you, which is yeah, probably the most exciting thing I've played. About, I'll, I'll get through but, the other games first. Um, okay. The headset came with a demo disc, which was great because I got to sample a bunch of different games for free, which is awesome and i recommend if you get the demo disc before you buy or if you get the vr before you buy any games play the demo disc go on the playstation store download all the free demos um before you make any decisions because there are from what i played some bad games like i didn't like drive club to be honest i felt like it felt it looked like an n64 game (laughs) that i used to play lamborghini yeah because one of the things the headset is kind of missing in some of these games are pixels. I think it's a cheaper headset. Um, Certainly. Some of the graphics aren't the best. But I do have to say, once you're in the VR for a little bit, you really adjust to it quickly, and it becomes as real as being in any other game. So um, that isn't that important. But the first game that I bought... Because I had a headset now. I thought, how could it be to just fly around? I got this game called How 
we soar. And you basically play through this story that is being written as you play the game um, by the narrator. And it's kind of sad, but it has a happy ending. And it was like four hours long. Um, It's like you're riding on the back of a phoenix, like collecting orbs and and chasing other phoenixes, phoenix eye, phoenixes. Phoenix, 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 Phoenixes, Phoenixes, Phoenixes. Yeah. <laughs> You're chasing Phoenixes. Yeah, but the other cool thing is like this game is based on like the main story is like you're an author and you're writing the story, and then the character you're playing is like the manifestation of these thoughts. And as you're flying around, all the environments are made out of pages of writing. And as you fly near them, they pop up into pop like pop up art, and uh, you paint them like watercolors as you're flying by them. So that's kind of really cool. Um, I'd recommend it. It was 1999, and I, I seriously, I played like a level a night. There was like a level eleven levels, and I think I got my money's worth. Um, yeah, it seems like a, a nice chill experience. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me to our next experience that I really want to discuss. Which is less than chill. Oh my but all god! All thrill. Yeah. Su- super, super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Hot. VR. Oh my god, Chris! I can't. I can't play this game for too long because my adrenaline just gets too high. Chris, you need to play this game. Do I? Yeah. Yes. Chris, if there's one game on the PSVR that I've seen that needs to be played, it's Super Hot VR. Um, it's the most gamey game that I've played on VR yet, and that's a good thing because a lot of the content I've played through so far has been VR, VR experiences. experiences or like, this is what we could do on our budget <laughs> for <laughs> a VR title. Everything has been really like non-committed to the platform i feel like until vr uh, you know the basic premise of super hot right yeah i played it yeah okay so it's that it's not the same game though it's a it's a new game with the same rules Uh um and it's you physically moving to make time go um and that changes everything uh the whole feel of it like uh, punching a dude and then having his like gun fly up in the air, grabbing the gun physically in the space, mm-hmm. and then shooting another guy with it is it, you can do some cool ass shit. It is yes. amazing. I, I I can't describe how cool it is. Like level starts, you grab a sword or grab a knife and like stab, throw it in the face of the guy in front of you, and grab the shotgun that was in his hand. And then there's the shotgun next to you on the table that your other arm you're already like going to grab. Uh, you don't have view. to be looking at something to grab it either. Yeah. Just so like, then you it's in the come space. back, you have two shotguns, and boom, 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 you just shoot the rest of the guys. And then it's like every level could be only like 20 seconds max, like if that. But there's so many, and there's so many different ways to complete them, just like with Super Hot. Um, you're, you're not moving around, though. Um, you are like in one spot. So it's more puzzly than the first Super Hot and less shootery. Uh, but you are physically dodging the bullets in space, which is amazing. 
That's awesome. Um, you feel I felt like Neo multiple times. Yeah, I uh, I also punched Derek's TV. Yep. I don't oh know. no! <laughs> Rule <laughs> one. Fine. Rule one of VR, which I don't think <laughs> that I have taken serious enough, seriously enough, um, so far, is clear the area um, of all obstructions before playing. I feel like. Uh, so far I've just been like, all right, let's play VR. And I just plug the headset in and then we're playing. But no, if you want to do it right, we, you need, you do need the space because you will hit something. Derek punched the wall. Yep. (laughs) I hurt my knuckle. Yeah. But it's so, I lost all sense of, uh, reality in there. And, uh, I love when VR experiences make me do that. And yeah. I didn't get sick at all. There was a few a few moments where uh, like tracking would get lost on my hand because I had to uh, move out of the camera zone, right? Um, which is sort of narrow, but it's not really that. It only happened a couple times, um, but uh, and that kind of threw me off. But um, I can only remember one instance where like for maybe two seconds I had like a weird feeling, um, but overall it was uh, it, it was incredible. Um, I recommend if anyone owns a PSVR or any actually any VR headset, I believe Super Hot VR is out for all of them. If you own VR, get Super Hot. It is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's Brad. Anything else you want to say about that? Um, I would say that it was interesting that um, I bought the headset, and the following Tuesday they dropped the price. Um, by $50. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, a strong move um, by Sony. They had a big PlayStation VR experience press conference that week, and they're really pushing it. And I think with Skyrim VR coming up and the holiday season, they're really pushing it. Um, I I still don't think it's time if you're on the fence. Yeah. Um, with VR to pick one up. Um, I've had a blast with the content just because VR is so new. Even the cinematic experiences are quite entertaining, but I don't think it's there's, really de- super developed right now. There's one where you're like in a lake, a train comes right at you and then it turns into like butterflies and you're flying up into this space, into this infinity swirl up into the sky. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Music. And then suddenly the the, the, the the butterfly tunnel turns into a canal that leads out into a womb and there's a fucking baby or so, something like that. <laughs> fucking giant, you're in the hand of a giant baby and it smiles at you and it's f- the fucking freakiest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle that. It wasn't supposed to be freaky, but it was. Did, it fucking, did you- did you close your eyes or anything? Were you like, nope, can't handle this? <laughs> oh, no, speaking of I've closing your it, eyes, I, I just want to say, aiming a gun in VR is just like aiming a fucking gun in real life. Because if you, <laughs> what you do is you hold the gun up and you squint one eye and look down the sights, and it, it's fu- it's fucking incredible. It works. Yeah, that, 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 it is. It is. There's so no, neat. there's no like trial and error when aiming something. <laughs> it's like you, your gun is sighted. And you look down the sights and you shoot it and then that's where it goes. It's so <laughs> natural feeling. I didn't even have to like think about it when I held up my gun. It was 
it's so fantastic. I think that's I'm awesome. gonna get that. I think I'm gonna get the gun controller. Damn, that's a that's an investment. I mean, it's an investment, but there's more games coming out that'll be compatible with it. I hope so. Like I hope so. Like for the sake of the the platform, because yeah. from what I've heard, that gun controller is really cool. Um, yeah, Farpoint got amazing reviews too. So yeah. Farpoint comes with the controller bundle. So, uh, Chris, uh, what have you been playing? Uh, I bet, okay, <laughs> I bet it's going to be something we've, it's totally radical for you and something we wouldn't expect. Yeah, it's like the most <laughs> out of character game that I could ever pick up. <laughs> it's a 2D Metroidvania game. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing? I'm playing Hollow Knight. Um, oh! It's really good, though. It's It's one of the best games. It's like... Barring Super Metroid, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's it's more complete and better than Super Metroid. Oh it's, wow! Yeah, Damn. it's it's a really well done game. I I really don't have anything bad to say about it. It's got it's been compared to like Metroid, like if Metroid and Dark Souls had a baby, because it really punishes you if you die, and it is pretty difficult and skill based once you get to certain bosses and stuff. And it's just this really highly rewarding, really well done game. Um, did you guys check anything out for it, or it was on sale a while I'm, back? I'm, I'm familiar with it, and yeah, you showed it to me. I almost bought it, and then I didn't, and I'm, I kind of regret it. I get Shovel Knight and Hollow Knight kind of confused. Are they similar in any ways? The, I mean, they're 2D platformy games, but yeah, they're, they're platformers, but it's it's different because in a Metroidvania, like okay, so Shovel Knight takes place over the course of different levels and stuff, whereas Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania, so you're kind of like exploring yeah. one big map for the yeah. entirety of the game and like getting powers that will allow you to unlock different areas of this whole map. And you're, do you guys just want me to describe what happens in the game or like? What? No, yeah, go f- go for it, man. Oh, okay. Go for it. So you're basically, you're this little spirit character who when you die, you have to, like, go back and find your, like, soul. Otherwise, you can't, um, like... Like Dark Souls style? Yeah, yeah, like that. And otherwise, you can't use as much of your soul power, which is how you use different powers throughout the game and stuff. And also, it's, like, your life power as well. And so... You, wow. It'll be like less, you'll have, if you don't retrieve that, you'll lose like your currency and you'll also be at like half power. So I'm, I'm watching a trailer right now and the, the art style is fantastic. It looks like a cartoon show. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's got a really well animated sort of cartoony style. It's not pixely. So yeah. that's, that's one thing that's different <laughs> from what I normally <laughs> play. And no, it's like, uh, it's like illustrated. It looks it's crazy. Yeah, it's is amazing. It, is there any voice acting? There is, but it's it's all in like this sort of made-up language. And that's another thing that I should mention is that it's it's got a really interesting feel to it because you're going through this basically insect colony. It's kind of like the characters are all sort of anthropomorphized insects. And the colony, without getting too much into spoilers, is like kind of dead or infected. And you're kind of figuring out how all of that is working. So it's it's abandoned for the most part, and it has this really melancholic feel to it. But it's got this really cartoony style, so that offsets wow. it. And it, 
also has like really funny characters too. Um, so like you'll meet these different creatures throughout the world and they all have like these really funny personalities and the voice acting, it's, it's a different language, but it's done in a way that's humorous and yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. Like I, I kept on just kicking back and playing the game and like not really thinking about like things that I would say, cause I knew I was going to be reviewing it on the podcast, but like so much of the time I was like so immersed in it and so happy with it that I didn't really have anything like bad or critical to say it was just like i just wanted to experience it good feeling well i'm watching this still watching the trailer and it just wow it's blowing me away the visuals are amazing another Um, thing the music is incredible it's a really really well composed soundtrack did it come with the ost i don't think it did um there's a version that comes with the ost on steam uh that's uh twenty dollars um It'd be worth it. That adds a huge amount of atmosphere to the game. Yeah, so it's it's normally it's fourteen ninety nine on Steam right now. See, mm. I like game soundtracks because one of my favorite things to do while playing PC games is to turn down the in game music and then like if it's a game I've played a lot, especially like WoW, I'll turn the music off and then put in a different game soundtrack, and it totally changes. No, oh, yeah, mood I would. Of the game. I would recommend it with this soundtrack. It's really kind of piano-based, but it's got oh. a lot of different good... So- Each area has its own feel, you know? And yeah. so it's it does a really good job of of communicating this sort of melancholy atmosphere. It starts off and things are kind of like blue and gray, but you get to some other environments that are much more colorful and like verdant instead of feeling as dead as the the starting area does. And so it's really interesting. It's just like every time you enter a new area, it has like a totally different feel to it. Um, the soundtrack is on Spotify, um, it looks like. So oh, sweet. I'm, I'm going to give that a listen at some point. Because, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll probably add it to like a DMD playlist. <laughs> I'm saying this right now, and I think I'm going to stick to it. It's my goatee. It's my game of the really? year. Really? Yeah, wow. 100%. All the games that have come out this year? Yes, yeah. Holy shit, man. That's high praise. Wow. Hey, I when mean, you're done with this, you should play Ori in the Blind Forest if you have I know, it, yeah, yeah. A lot of this reminds me um of that game and just like the powers uh are very diverse in that game you kind of like it's like rpg you kind of choose what powers you want and Mm -hmm. um perks and stuff it's kind of cool yeah there's a thing called which i forgot to mention it's a big part of the game there's these things called charms and they're these little sort of emblem things that you find you know like a charm but um they each give you different powers, but you only have a certain number of notches that you can, like, they're just spaces that you have for charms, and you can get more spaces as the game progresses, but you kind of have to, like, balance what you want your buffs to be, because you can only have so many. And so it does have a sort of RPG quality to it, and you can have different builds based on that. And uh, so you can have something that, like, replenishes your health, or you can have something that makes your sword strikes more fast. Or you can have something that makes it so that you have more soul to draw from, so that you can like what? shoot more How did stuff. You play? I was really pretty. I had a a thing. I'm trying to remember my build. I I had it so that the reach of my sword. The sword is called a nail. It's you know it's instead of being called a sword, it's a nail. And I think the logic there is that you're like sort of this insectoid creature, like Arietti style. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a good comparison. I'm sure there's some, like, influence there. But, yeah, so I, I would, like, extend my reach a little bit, and I also made it so that if I got hit, 
it would like these tentacles would shoot out of me. There's a charm that does that, that like kind of damages enemies upon impact. And then I had like a regeneration one as well. And so like, basically it was like really offensive, but like if I did get hit because I had lower defense, it would like sort of replenish a little bit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's how I played throughout a lot of the game, but you can have, you can have more like power based builds uh, you have these different soul powers and that use up your soul meter. And so that will make it so that you're using like magic spells a little bit more. So like kind of like ranged attacks and yeah, so you can, it's, it's pretty versatile in that way. Yeah, um, no, it looks incredible. I, I'm, I will definitely pick this up at some point. hundred yeah. percent recommend. I yeah. like, I have no problem <laughs> I mean, it's my game of the year for sure, I, and it plays to a lot of my biases, but, like, it was really good. <laughs> and also, I'm not totally done with it. I didn't do, like, a completionist run. There are, like, three different endings that you can have, and I didn't get the one that, like, requires you to get a lot more stuff. Um, but the ending that I got, which is the first ending, took me, like, 25 or 30 hours or something. So you get a lot of time out of it, and I'd, I'd 100% be willing to play it again, too. I think it would have really good replay value. Well, awesome. Damn. Uh, I've, I am really interested in checking it out. Although I've, I've had my hands full this past day and I and not last night, actually just today. <laughs> just today. Uh, yeah. Now that I think what have it, you I, been playing? Um, I'm going to talk about this next week, big time, but I'm just going to, uh, cause we're, we're going to end the podcast real quick here. Uh, I'm trying to make the podcast a little more, a little shorter, a little more succinct, a little more on point. Um, I mean, we can go long if we want, but, um, it's a little more digestible that way. Anyway, um, I got Destiny 2, and uh, I've been playing it, and I'm so far I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'm about four story beats in, I guess, or three or four story beats in, uh, missions, I guess, uh, yeah. I'm about an hour and a half in, hour and a half to two hours, and already yeah. in that hour and a half, uh, there has been more story than all of the first game and its expansions combined. <laughs> oh my god. Um actual character interactions. There are actually NPCs in the world now. Um the story uh like the missions, story missions aren't all like just repeatable strikes with uh the same enemies around. They're actually like single player missions where you actually have to do things. There's like jumping, there's like actual platforming and um uh, way more interesting story stuff happening. Um, it kind of wipes the slate clean, uh, figuratively and uh, literally. Like you're, you basically have to start from scratch. Like I imported my character from Destiny One. It does mm-hmm. this amazing thing. I really, this is like the last thing I really want to mention because I'll talk about all of the game t- next week a ton. But um, right when you start a game and import a new character, it goes through all of your memories from destiny one and who you were with and what, when, and the date that you did it, like all of your achievements. So like it had uh, the black garden, which is the final mission. And it showed like black garden completed nine 24, 2014 or whatever. And uh, like less than a month after the game came out and uh, it showed on the side, it was like, it was me Jesse Brown, Bradley Bichineau, and this date. And then there's an image. And then it goes to the That's next one. It's awesome. like Vault of Glass. And it's like December, whatever, whatever. And it's like me, Jesse, Mitch, Tony, all like 
it shows who was there and when, and it goes through, and it's like this little nostalgic bit that's like, oh yeah, I did all this shit in Destiny One, and then it proceeds to like, I, I don't well, you basically lose everything. The 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 the, the uh, last city gets attacked and basically destroyed, and you kind of just gotta. This, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't played it yet, since it's only like a day that's been out, but. There's a mission, like the second mission you do, I, I, I use the term mission loosely, like the second part of the story, um, after like 20 minutes of playing, or 45 minutes or so, where it's, it feels like a different game for a while. Um, it, it, it's this whole section of the game that's just very desperate and uh, slow-paced and patient. And uh, it's not just like a group of enemies kill them all, next room, bunch of enemies kill them all. It's like actually impactful emotional moments with character interactions and uh good feelings of like desperation and like loss of hope and stuff like <clears throat> i am scared that that's going to be the most my favorite part of the game uh oh, yeah look, i know I, i'm, I'm scared that, i'm scared that i'm gonna look back on it and be like the time when i had nothing and uh was like crawling out of the rubble of the city that was like the best thing in the game um I've only played like another half hour since then, but um, that's kind of how the first game was for me. It was like the first, like the beta was awesome, and then we played through um, the first couple missions, and it was awesome. And then it kind of that was for me that the most fun parts were already over because I realized. From there on out, it was kind of like a grind. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not seeing that so much with this one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. My initial impression so far is that the world is actually an interesting place. And they've added new ex- exploration elements uh, into the open spaces. Uh, like, uh, they're called adventures, where you and a group of friends can go on, like, a randomly generated adventure. I don't know if it's random, but, like, there's... It's not, like, just beacons you find in the world anymore. And there's also these things, I forgot what they're called, they're like, du- they're like dungeon delves, where you go to a hidden area and delve down, and on top of that, there's also like the, camp- the story campaign, which is a lot longer, and like takes you all the way to max level, and then strikes, which happen at max level. Um, it seems like there's a better progression into what will eventually be like the raiding grind, which I'm sure eventually happens, I mean, like any, I think treating it like an MMO is probably the best way to go in that aspect. But I think the difference Mm -hmm. between destiny one and two so far that I've noticed is that there's actually a good single player, um, and story here. There's actually a good game before you get to that point. Um, and it seems like now there's a lot more avenues for gearing up, I guess, or like becoming more powerful, um, by doing like those adventures and, um, other things that aren't just raiding. Like you'll, I, I, I've, I've heard you don't really get to a point where the only way to advance is to raid, um, which was really exciting to me. Um, this is early days still though. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just know I've been having a blast and all I want to do is go back and keep playing. Um, I actually watched you playing it last night. 
on the stream that you did. And you were right. It looks really nice as far as the colors and everything go. That was actually the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that I liked yeah. how, how Destiny 1 looked, but this this has a really sort of interesting look to it as well. I think that... Yeah, it, visually, it's, it's way more colorful than Destiny 1 was. And um, I feel like that... It's a lot more visually interesting everywhere you go. Not just that there's more stuff in the areas, like there's more foliage and there's more uh, vibrancy, but there's also like, like I said before, there's NPCs now in the world. Like I know that's a simple thing, but in Destiny 1 there wasn't. It was just these empty shit little teeny spaces with enemies that would just infinitely respawn. And I haven't really hit that yet. Um, I'm, I'm still early in, like I said, but... Um, that hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm excited to keep going. I, I'm really excited. Uh, the loot gearing up has is, is been really interesting. There's three specs for each uh, class now. Um, the, the other huge thing, I think, that really impacts the game is that each of the three classes actually feels distinct now. Um, like, warlocks can be healers now, or um, like, dam- like buffers, uh, like support classes. And, like, titans actually put up walls uh, that... Uh, other characters can can take cover behind on top of all their other abilities and like hunters have this thing where uh they can they get a dodge roll that they can chain up to their melee so like if you dodge roll and then do a melee attack it'll refresh your dodge roll and then if you um do it again if you do your dodge roll again it'll refresh your melee and like back and forth so like a super technical style of play could be possible um with like a really high skill ceiling Um, but it's stuff like that. It's just like, in general, the classes feel more interesting and I'm more excited, uh, to kind of unlock everything for them because there's so much more to unlock, it seems. Um, and aside from that, just having characters that actually like talk and emote and seem to have their like stories and stuff going on is so much better than having just lifeless, like mannequins at the tower, like it was before. Um, it's a little thing, but it's. It, it seems it feels huge. Um, if, I say uh, that's a you, big thing. Yeah, I think they made a mistake in the beta having the first mission be the beta because it was it was very Destiny One style. Fight your way through this alien ship because right after that ends, you get introduced to kind of the lushness and uh, the the new feeling of the game. You're no longer like the guardian that's like safekeeping the world and going out to, you're not like, you don't feel like a space policeman anymore. You feel like a resistance movement or like a, like you're just scraping by in the wilds. Like you feel like you're surviving more. Um, and just that feeling has, uh, made it a lot more interesting to me. So, um, but yeah, I'll have a lot more to say next week after I played a shit ton more. So, um, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm trying to temper my, my enjoyment a little bit because, or like how I'm describing my enjoyment because I mean, I, I did fall right off destiny one. Um, I, I had friends who played it for almost a year after I stopped and I couldn't understand why, like it just seems so rinse and repeat to me at, so, at a certain point mm-hmm. and so robotic, like everyone would just, this is how you beat this fight. Everyone do this exact thing. Um, and I feel like they've been addressing that with some of the design decisions that I've seen in this game. Um, where now it's like, you have a role to play or your combination of roles could 
alter the way the tactics on this fight would be, or uh, the world ha- seems to have more consequence. And uh, I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, it's already been more a more interesting. It's already grabbed me more than Destiny One did story wise by times ten, um, and I'm only like two hours in. So that's a big selling point for me because I played Destiny. I played like the campaign as much as I could. Um, I didn't really play just like the first run of the campaign mm-hmm. um, before any of the Taken King or all that stuff came out. And I remember just being like, I don't even know what happened in this game. Like, like I, I why think, am I here? Yeah, came like, I couldn't, I, I didn't understand what was going on in the story or whatever. Um, this is a lot more clear. It's, this is like a first person shooter. Like, it's, it's a game, it's an actual game with a story. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how, how to better describe it. Right. Um, like, every quest or every, yeah, every, like, mission you do has a distinct purpose relating to your goals in the world. Um, and there's a story moving forward. There's cutscenes that don't involve your character of other characters far off. Like the bad, the main bad guy, it'll go to him and you'll see a cutscene with him in it, progressing the story and adding character to him. And it's, I know it's a small thing, but it's, it just compared to destiny one, it seems huge. I don't know. It makes destiny one look like a really bad game <laughs> in, in comparison. Um, it's like gl- the glaring faults of Destiny One are now on uh, like really obvious after playing even just a little bit of this. So, um, uh, if you're like me and you fell off of Destiny One really hard because uh, the there was a lack of uh, single player or like a lack of compelling uh, world based like in world content, um, as of right now, my first impressions are that this is not Destiny 1, and this actually has an interesting, better story and narrative. Um, but, yeah. Uh, they actually scrapped, like, a bunch of the concepts from Destiny 1 that just didn't make it... Like, Destiny 1 was so up its own ass with its terminology, and, like, the darkness didn't make any... Like, they've scrapped that completely for this game. Um, there's an obvious bad guy. They're do, they did something obviously bad. You're after them for an obvious reason. It's not like the storyline isn't going to like blow anyone's socks off with how revolutionary it is, but it's not a shambling wreck that the first one was. Um, I don't know. I guess that's not really a compliment. I I should compliment <laughs> it. It is good. Like, it is it's good. It's better Sorry. than shit. It's making me appreciate the lore more because it's actually describing itself and it's not hiding its lore in grimoire cards like the first fucking game. Like, that was the biggest load of bullshit that whole game had. This game like actually, I feel like a space and knight. Put the lore in afterwards. Yeah, I feel like I'm a space knight, a space warrior, in a in a futuristic medieval zone, world, and I'm finding ancient artifact, magic, and artifacts, and gaining my magic powers. And it feels a lot cooler than it did the first time. Um, so yeah, there's des- my 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 first impressions of, De- of Destiny Two. I didn't even mean to talk that much. I'm sorry, guys. Um, it's okay, man. Fine. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna end the podcast there. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Thanks you. Thank thanks you. Thank you to Kyle Anstra for the intro outro music. What are you guys gonna be up to this next week? I know I I'm gonna be playing Destiny Two for sure. Um, uh, Chris, what do you what, what what's what's your plans next week? Real quick for the next Let's week. Let's see. 
I got I gotta go to a wedding. I gotta get Oof. a suit for said Oof. wedding because it's a black tie wedding. Oof. I don't know what so, that means exactly. You have to wear a black tie? You have to wear... Uh, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but you just... You have to wear, like, a suit with a jacket. And I don't oh, have one I of see. those. Okay. So I got to go out and get one of those. And then... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really... I, I played Shovel... Not Shovel Knight. Damn it, Brad. You messed me up. <laughs> I played, Sorry. I was, I was playing Hollow Knight um, for a while. But I got to that, that first ending, and then I, I kind of trailed off from there because some stuff came up. So... I'd like to play something. I mean, I need to play some games. I haven't played in a yeah. couple weeks now. I've been playing a lot of that one web game, um, General Zeo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing that once in a while because that's nice. still fun to me. That's yeah. I'm actually I'm actually pretty like high up in the ranks among the players who <laughs> play that. So You're like, like I, rank I, one, you've been like playing obsessively for this whole time. No one well, is, knew. It's just a quick game to throw on because, like, each games take like five minutes tops most of the yeah. time, unless you get like in a real war with somebody and you can't find each other's generals. But yeah, that's that's I still play that once in a while. I don't know. Awesome. I don't have plans other than the wedding. I got to draw something for a gift too, so, mm. <laughs> so I'm just behind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. Um, going to Wheatland. Woo! Yeah, that's uh big thing for people to know that's like our woodstock man every year to <laughs> uh the cornfields where we listen to bluegrass and jazz and folk and eat corn on the cob all weekend <laughs> sometimes um, even off the cob even off the cob <laughs> so that's something to look forward to um and then I don't know. I'm hoping to get people together to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes on VR. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that would be fun. Yeah, totally. I printed out an entire bomb defusal manual and put it in a red binder with an official uh, label on the front that says bomb defusal manual and all that. But if not... This weekend, definitely soon, or at the gaming marathon, so. Hell yeah. Awesome. What about oh, yeah, you? And just, just a reminder, we are doing Extra Life on November 11th uh, this year. Well, not a reminder. I guess this is my first time talking about it, really. Um, I'll be talking about it a lot more in the weeks coming up. I'll try and get a bit.ly link or something uh, to bring up uh, and talk about on the show. Uh, if, you, if anyone's interested in donations or if you'd like to join us, uh, let us know. Uh, connect with us on Facebook or uh, send an email to gamesonearth at gmail.com. Uh, Brad, I'm going to be playing Destiny 2 until the foreseeable future. Um, we'll, I, I kinda, I, I'm, I'm scared my opinion will turn, but I don't think it will based on these early impressions. So right now, I haven't been, I can say I haven't been like this excited to play a game in a while. Um, well, let's, let's also play some super hot VR. Oh, hell yeah. I'm into that. I love that game. Shit. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, Chris, do you want to take us out by telling me the story of Destiny 1 in its entirety? Well, it starts out in your popcorn kernel, voiced by Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and uh, you meet this wizard who came from the moon. And uh, there's also a big old ball... On the Earth, and you gotta <laughs> save Earth from these big old white balls. And uh, <laughs> there's some 
pointy-headed king or something, and you get some banners. Everyone has capes, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, there's Mars and Venus, and every level has lots of walls. And so you just gotta save the world from those big old balls. Destiny, everybody!